What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 127 of the Lukewarm Games Podcast, your source for unique perspectives on all things video games and pop culture. As always, I'm your host, Luke Lewis, and this week I'm once again joined by my co-host from a galaxy far, far away, Claire Helmberger. Hey, Luke. How's it going? It's going really well. How are you? I am doing great. I'm excited to be back podcasting. It's been a minute. We yeah. took... We took a vacation. Pretty elaborate vacation. Yeah. I say <laughs> elaborate because we don't really take trips just for... Just for fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll go to PAX, we'll do, like, coverage, we'll see friends, we'll visit family, but this was, like, specifically, like, we are going on a vacation. And we're gonna do what we and wanna we're gonna, do. Yeah, and we're just gonna enjoy ourselves. Um, so, why that's relevant to this podcast, we went to the 10th anniversary concert of the Game Awards Woo-hoo. that Jeff Keighley hosted at the Hollywood Bowl in L.A., um... And to get right to it, it was phenomenal, and yeah. I think we have enough, like, fun stories and anecdotes and cool impressions from that show that that'll be our main topic today, yeah. so we'll just have kind of a laid-back um, laid back episode this week chatting about that. Um, but before we get into all of our vacation shenanigans and fun, let's jump into We've Got the News, our weekly news segment where we break down what's happening in the video games industry. Claire, I have two news stories for us this week. Okay. I have... Kind of a, I would say, in the weeds, nitty gritty, and then I have kind of a sad one. What do you want to start with? Maybe start with the the sad one, and then starting we can with work the sad one to the nitty gritty one. Let's do it. The sad story comes to us from Taylor, Taylor Lyles over at IGN. Daedalic Entertainment ending internal development work on new Lord of the Rings game. Daedalic Entertainment, the studio behind the long-delayed and poorly-reviewed The Lord of the Rings Gollum, is shutting down its internal development arm. In a new article by Games Warshoft, Warshoft? I'm not familiar with this outlet, but the outlet reported that Daedalic Entertainment will now focus on games publishing, sales, and marketing. The studio sent out a statement to Games Warshoft stating that it was in a, f- a difficult turning point for the company. Didalic Entertainment also told the studio that it is laying off people with 25 individuals impacted by the layoffs. We value each and every member of our team, and it is important to us that the transition goes as smoothly as possible, a Didalic spokesperson told Games Warshoft. Therefore, we will support our former employees in finding new opportunities within our network. Additionally, the German-based game studio announced that it had halted the development of another Lord of the Rings game it was working on internally. The game had been in development since 2022 and was under the codename It's Magic, with it supposedly launching next year. Despite the studio no longer working on new games internally, it is still committed to improving the Lord of the Rings Gollum, with another patch currently being worked on, according to Games Warshoft. A Nintendo Switch version is also in development and aiming to release later this year. The Lord of the Rings Gollum was released last month and was met with criticism for its performance issues, graphics, and gameplay shortly after its launch. The developer apologized and pledged to improve the quality of the game. Um, Taylor goes on to highlight that IGN gave the game a 4 out of 10 and said it is filled with dull stealth, bad platforming, and a pointless story and does little to justify why anyone should take the time to play it. Oof. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this whole story is kind of a bummer, but what, what's your, what's your hot take, Claire? I, I mean, like you or said. Or not this, even hot take, just your, my take. your take, yeah. This whole story is a bummer. I was looking forward to this game when it was first announced. We played a demo at PAX East, and it was not good. 
and then the game came out, and it was also still not good. I think um, we both didn't like what we played at PAX sucks. East, but we were at least like, maybe when this releases, it'll be better. Like and they they'll delayed iron it stuff out during and, PAX East, right? Not by very long. Probably I remember chatting with the PR person that was running the the game demo station because my demo just like broke down i was in like a white box floating texture thing and they essentially said they were having to reset the demo constantly because of issues like that and like tech issues at events like pax aren't uncommon but you could just tell this game was pretty underbaked which is a shame because it was so long delayed and i think there was some creativity and ideas and intriguing concepts behind yeah. it like in practice it's a fun game but the the ultimate execution was just not there and it wasn't there and it's a bummer that the you know people are really paying for it now yeah people are really paying for it now i i hope this is kind of a lesson to the dev team and the publishing team there of like take your time develop quality products have checks and balances in place to structure game development i don't you know what i mean i've never developed a video game i'm talking out of my content creator ass here but you just hate to see it in all regards and so i just wanted to say our hearts go out to the daedalic team members that were affected and hope you land on your feet and find a find a good position somewhere else in the industry and yeah i hope we get to see some good lord of the rings games ultimately because it's a great ip that warrants fun and interesting licensed games and Unfortunately, Gollum wasn't one of them, but I hope this doesn't, like, stop folks from trying to be creative with it. Right. Agreed. All right. Shall we move on to the next news story? Yeah. Our next news story comes to us from Logan Plant, also over at IGN. Microsoft FTC closing arguments. This case has always been about Call of Duty. Closing arguments between Microsoft and the Federal Trade Commission lasted nearly three hours on June 29th, and every... Nearly every second of the debate was dedicated to Call of Duty. The focus on Activision's biggest asset is not surprising given what we've seen over the last week. As Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley eloquently put it herself, this case has always been about Call of Duty. As we've seen throughout the trial, the FTC attempted to set Microsoft's ZeniMax acquisition as precedent for how the company could handle Activision Blizzard's games should the transaction go through. Throughout the entire hearing, the FTC repeatedly brought up Starfield's exclusivity as an example of how Microsoft could withhold Call of Duty from PlayStation platforms. But in its closing argument, the FTC said the Elder Scrolls franchise is the most comparable to ZeniMax, the most comparable ZeniMax title to Call of Duty. When pressed for more details, the FTC backed up and argued that there's actually not a comparable ZeniMax title because of Call of Duty's exceptional value huge revenue, and annual release schedule. In other words, the FTC was arguing that Call of Duty is a unicorn. As IGN senior reporter Rebecca Valentine further breaks down in her analysis of Day 5, one confusing section of the closing arguments came when the FTC was arguing about a mysterious number of PlayStation users that could jump ship to Xbox if Call of Duty became an exclusive. It took several minutes and multiple lawyers, including one of Microsoft's lawyers, chiming in to clear things up in an attempt to explain this point, and the FTC's argument never ended up culminating in anything particularly effective. Judge Corley asked the FTC for concrete data and real-world examples while the FTC continued to deal in hypotheticals. 
the Nintendo Switch also came up during these closing arguments as Judge Corley once again tried to get clarity on if Nintendo's console is a competitor to PlayStation and Xbox. The equal price point of the Nintendo Switch and Xbox Series S came up as evidence that the two consoles are in the exact same market while the FTC continued to argue that the Series S and Switch do different things. One lighter moment of the closing arguments came when Judge Corley sounded a bit like a Nintendo Switch commercial saying, well, it's not the same in many ways. The Switch is better because you can play it on a TV or take it on an airplane. (laughs) Um, Then Logan goes down to break down how important is Call of Duty. The conversation at one point shifted to cloud gaming, but it ended up being merely a 15-minute detour before the questions snap right back to Call of Duty. Judge Corley eventually started to question the level of Call of Duty's importance. This industry is very different in that it's amorphous and it changes all the time and it's completely dynamic, said Corley said. I know Call of Duty has an enduring impact, but other games come and go just like MySpace or TV shows or whatever. And I'm trying to figure out why why the emphasis just so much on Call of Duty. Isn't there an argument that would force someone to come up with another good annual game or some or some other thing? The FTC again argued about Call of Duty's uniqueness while Microsoft said Call of Duty is not an essential piece of content. While Microsoft appeared to have the stronger showing and closing arguments, the FTC wisely pointed out the burden of proof is not on the government in this case. The FTC simply needs to raise enough serious questions about the merger to be granted more time to complete a full investigation. After nearly three hours of closing arguments, the week-long Microsoft FTC hearing came to an end. Judge Corley asked both sides to submit their final documents, coyly reminding them, no Sharpie for redactions. She praised the two sides on their civility and presentations on tight deadlines. Now Judge Corley said she will make her decision, saying, I'm going to do my best. It's hard. She said it won't take as long as two to three months, but we don't have an exact deadline of when to expect a ruling. While we wait for the results, there's a lot to catch up on. And then they linked to IGN's really excellent coverage. Rebecca Valentine was in the courtroom all week reporting back to the IGN news team, and they were spinning out articles from all of these discussions. So I guess zooming out, this was a a lot of context for the closing arguments, Claire. Um, What do you think of this conversation surrounding Call of Duty amidst these FTC hearings? And then we can get a, a little bit more into the weeds with a couple things I noticed throughout the week as I was following the various hearings and articles and things that were cropping up. I think it's really interesting, and I think it really highlights how gaming is such a unique space in terms of um, how you have, like, intellectual property that is owned and manufactured and distributed by corporations, Um, but it is also, like, creative property right um and that's i feel like it's really unique to the gaming space because when we have conversations about um you know monopolies and mergers that are too big happening it's usually around companies that are like making a piece of tech or something um and cornering the market like for cell phones for example um we don't really hear about it in entertainment too often um so i think it's just a really interesting conversation what do you think Yeah, I think this whole FTC hearing is a really big deal because, like you're saying, it sets this precedent for entertainment for really the first time in terms of Microsoft kind of starting to build this monopoly that could have ramifications on the publishing end, on the, the, you know, development end. 
Um, and it's just been really kind of eye-opening and interesting to follow along with these hearings throughout the week. Um, friends of the show, Joseph and Jacob, I've been messaging back and forth. Anytime, like, one of the my Xbox executives went under oath or different members of PlayStation gave their testimonies and different things, just really interesting points came about. And yeah. um, I believe it was Joseph in our group chat that made the point of, we've been discussing, like, this Call of Duty ex- exclusivity on our various podcasts for years now. Yeah. And to have, you know, things be so black and white, in a sense, in these email threads and conversations that were leaked from, not leaked, but, you know, presented. Used yeah, yeah, used as evidence. Um, it's just really, really interesting, and I think it kind of goes to show that, like, um, everything's being considered. Like, on the on the content creator side, I think it's so easy for us to be like, why didn't they show this? Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they acquire this studio? Why didn't they make this business move? And I think the reality is all of those things are being considered and probably attempted yeah. when they're good ideas, and so it's interesting to see here. And then I think the focus on Call of Duty is really interesting for me because as someone who grew up loving Call of Duty in my teen years, I have completely fallen off Call of Duty. I can't re- remember the last Call of Duty that I played it must have been early PS4, Xbox One. Like, it's been been quite a while. And so it's just wild that, like, there's still just this crazy emphasis within Call of Duty in the industry. Yeah. PlayStation's fighting tooth and nail to keep it on their platform. And then, at least consumer-facing, Xbox is putting up this front that, like, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't need to be exclusive, da 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 Even though you would think they probably want it to be exclusive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these arguments are all quite interesting. I'm very curious to see what the verdict will be, um, from our outside perspective, looking in with limited context. Um, what, what do you think? Do you think this acquisition will go through? Do you think, um, it will continue to be blocked? What's your gut assumption just based on what we know now? It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but it would be, it would be really interesting if they set a precedent by saying, you know, you can have the merger can go through, but we're setting we're saying you have to keep Call of Duty not exclusive. Like if they said something like that, that would set the precedent of like at what point is a franchise so big it can't be exclusive to one system. Yeah. Um. And the conversations really about Starfield too are really interesting because that's exclusive and that's going to be a high, hot selling game, but they're arguing not on the Call of Duty level, so it's like you said, establishing those standards is going to impact things in a a large economic way on the dev side, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. All right, well, let's move out of the news and jump into some fun conversations. So our title track main topic this week, we went to the Game Awards 10th anniversary concert in L.A. Yeah, we did. Um, so I figured let's start with just some like high-level impressions of the event, and we can tell some fun stories and then I thought we would run through the set list of the concert and just give our impressions and yeah. things for, for each piece that was performed, and we'll go from there. Sounds great. So, Claire, what did you think of the 10th Anniversary Game Awards concert? I thought it was amazing. I had so much fun. I've always loved that part of the Game Awards show whenever the orchestra was playing, um, whether it was like a um, medley of many different songs set sure. to set to um, the backdrop of the, you know, highlights from those games on the big screen, or whether it, it was just, you know, 
momentary interludes are playing yeah are are playing the instrumental um side of a you know live band performance or whatever that's always been so fun to watch the video games give video game award orchestra perform so i thought it was great seeing them yeah absolutely. Seeing, seeing that live even though it wasn't obviously for sure the same orchestra um well i definitely think it was members of the same orchestra Right, um, but isn't the, the orchestra usually at the award show is like comprised of people from? I think it's like comprised of different professional musicians yeah. across the world, across LA. But specifically, this concert um, was comprised of mostly members of the LA Phil, yeah, with a lot of special guests, special guests. throughout the industry, as far as cool game composers and performers and. Um, amazing vocalists and folks that were involved with, with um, the, the original games yeah. that they were performing the music of. Um, but yeah, I thought it was incredible too. I was blown away. I got super emotional. Um, yeah. There's something really magical about hearing a live orchestra no matter what, but then hearing them play music from The Last of Us, from Marvel's Spider-Man, from all of these games that we know and love um, was just really incredibly special. Yeah. So that was a ton of fun. Um, and to kind of set the stage, I think, as far as like the venue goes for folks that um, maybe don't live in the California area or aren't familiar, but the Hollywood Bowl is a really legendary outdoor amphitheater venue in Los Angeles. Um, it's massive. I didn't, I had never been there specifically, but I, yeah, my dad never been there either. grew up seeing, you know, legendary bands like the Rolling Stones and things like perform at this venue. So it's like a very sought after venue, but, um, it was huge. We were all the way in the back, which I was a little bit worried about as far as like hearing things and seeing everything, but the way it like, it does the thing like most outdoor amphitheaters do where like the second row is higher up than the first row and the third row is higher up than the second row and you keep going up and up and up so that the back row can see overhead of everybody in a sense. Um, I really appreciated the um, projections. So yeah. You could really see and the, the people who were running the cameras did a really good job of like zooming in on people of importance yep. during their moment. So even in the back, we could still see people's faces and stuff. Yeah, so they really had cool. three total screens the one in the center with the orchestra was showing B-roll. Yeah, the one on the stage was showing B-roll of the games and different, like, trailer footage and kind of setting the tone for what you were hearing. And then there was a left screen and a right screen, and each of those were were zooming in on um, the performers on stage. So, like, throughout the show, like, I'll refer to The Last of Us a lot, but they zoomed in on Gustavo Santoalaya performing, and you, so you could see his, like, fingers moving on his guitar and all this stuff, and, like, yeah. super cool things like that. They had the bowl itself was, like, the backdrop of the stage, which was this, like, crazy video wall light fixture that they could change the lighting and images yeah, to for each Yeah, the lighting was really cool. Set. So, like, you know, imagine hue lights on a TV, but like times infinity because they were like changing the lights to queue up with moments in the music with each piece. And it was super, super cool. Yeah, um, it was cool. So just like that, I'm such a dork about like the tech and like the event production of something like yeah. all of that was so on point, even aside from like the wonderful music itself, like just the execution of the event, I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so we got we got to meet up with some wonderful friends as well. Shout out to kind of kind of funny best friends that turned out. We saw um, Madeline and Cooper and Jess and Jake 
and then we ran into James Davis Makes and um, Bender SM and a, a bunch of folks that we've known for years and I've seen their names pop up in the kind of funny um, Twitch or YouTube chats many a time and so yeah. it was really fun to get to meet all those folks in person. Yeah, definitely. We saw Tim Geddes, which was hype. Yeah. Um, was chatting with him, took a great photo with him, and then Carl Jacobs from Mr. Beast hopped in and took a photo with us because he's a longtime kind of funny best friend, which was really fun. And so it was just, it was a wild evening and yeah. t- tons of fun, really good vibes. I think everyone yeah. was just genuinely really excited to be there and hang out and enjoy the music. Yeah, it was really amazing how many people turned up to like yeah, it was thousands packed. and yeah, thousands. Yeah. It was totally packed. And I think they said, I really saw special. Jeff tweet either the, that night or the next day, it was like 7,000 people there incredible yeah which like it didn't feel like it felt packed but it wasn't like i feel so cramped it was just a massive space yeah like the venue was so big and like the seating like we had it was like bench kind of seatings like we had back support which was really nice because i wasn't sure what we were gonna get in an outdoor venue like (laughs) it it was it was a nice nice space and i i would definitely go to another concert there again and I, i really enjoyed this one yeah me too should we break down the set list let's do it so kicked off things with a league of legends suite as well as some including some music from arcane the netflix show that so it was also cool throughout to call out that the game dev teams that were involved in the music were also involved in orchestrating these suites for the la phil um so that was really really cool Mm -hmm. i thought just to have like their total tie-in with everything and how involved Jeff must have been to make this all happen and connect with the right people and to get the the sheet music to the developer, you know, to the to the musicians in time. And it's logistically a lot to pull off. So I, yeah. I, I was really impressed with that. So anyway, kick things off with the League of Legends suite. Um, I was really impressed with this one because it kind of set the tone for the evening. Yeah. And that I'm not a huge League of Legends guy. I don't really know League of Legends music or characters at all. I've we've been meaning to watch arcane but haven't gotten to it yet but like as soon as this started i was like holy shit we're in for it because like i really enjoyed this having no context really for the games but then i was like imagine when we get to a game i know and love how emotional i'm gonna feel but it was just really really epic really really high quality performance and just really awesome so what did you think of that that first one with the league of legends yeah i definitely agree about it setting the tone and it definitely made me hyped to watch arcane um i think they did a really great job of synchronizing the the sort of b-roll with the music um it was just it was a very pleasant sensory experience you know yeah you're you were enjoying the music and you know you had something to to look at um even when you couldn't see exactly what was going on on stage because we were so far away um and it was just very cool to see the orchestra perform and kind of get ready for the show it was it was still kind of light outside you could see the hollywood sign in the background and it was just a pleasant start to the evening for sure yeah definitely and then we moved straight in to the god of war suite which was so oh my (laughs) gosh um this was definitely a highlight for me yeah um we saw ivor perform um she recorded vocals for the game and also did some like cool like percussion. Yeah. During the performance. And some vocal percussion. Yeah, and too. the, the vocal really percussion. Cool. Which was really epic to see live and like the music of God of War is so visceral. So to see like her facial expressions yeah. as we she was performing was super hype. And just to see like the like guttural 
like visceral intense yeah emotion she kind of had to channel to get the sound she was getting but yeah her pitch was insane hearing her vocals like soar over the orchestra as the orchestra was going to town and then they also had a full chorus so when we got to the part with like the basses kicking in on the main theme like it was super epic and really 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 cool yeah um it was funny because like we mentioned there was that gameplay screen in the middle and i kept finding myself just staring at it because I was, like, transfixed by the whole experience. But then I was like, no, I want to, like, watch the musicians and look around and see what's happening. Because we can always watch the game when we're playing the right, game. But we don't yeah. get to have this, like, live experience. So that was kind of an interesting, like, out-of-body thing I was dealing with. Um, of just being, like, mesmerized by the by God of War, as always. Because it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that, that one was a blast. That, like... It was very cool. That kick... That's when I was, like let's fucking go, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. My energy was, like, off the charts at that point. Um, then we moved into the Hogwarts Legacy Suite. This was the only one for me that was just, like, Why? okay. It, 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 it felt really out of place with it the It felt rest really of the out of place, and Jeff Keighley introed it by saying, like, one of the year's best-selling games. It so really to made me, it seem like it, they it, bought their way in or something. Cause I like, kind of thought that was like what his subtle way of communicating that of like, don't be mad. It was about the money. Because they were also highlighted at the Game Awards in a way where you're like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we've talked at length about like J.K. Rowling, horrible, horrible person. We do not stand with her views. Trans, li- trans lives absolutely matter. And our real identity, you know what I mean? Real people. So fuck J.K. Rowling a thousand times over. what she does is actually harmful. Yeah, and so it was a bummer to see this one represented, even though it is a complex issue. Like, the game devs don't stand for her views necessarily, but, like, it's just hard to compartmentalize and separate it, It and it's just not really fair. It's always going to be icky. But even, even if it weren't for all of that... It still feels out of place with everything I, else that they well, showed, and it's, so, in my opinion. So, spoiling the next one, this happened between God of War and Diablo, and it just felt so low energy. Because, like, the music yeah. wasn't really that epic. It wasn't really that particularly striking. They just showed a lot of, like, B-roll of, like, the school of Hogwarts, and it was it just felt odd. So, yeah. I think that's all I'll say on that one. But that was the only one that was like, okay... I'm good to move on, you know, yeah. when we were in the middle of it. Because the other ones that we'll talk about, I was very, like, living in the moment. Right. Really enjoying it. And that was the only one that kind of stuck out. as like, yeah, could have done without it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, moving on, we had the Diablo suite. Which was really super, good. Super epic. We also had vocals on this one as well. And then it was spanning yeah, was music cool. from Diablo 2, 3, and 4. Um, but, yeah, really, really epic bringing the scale super intense i think this one and god of war were some of the most like visceral and therefore like super epic to hear live and the vocalists were both so good yeah and the intonation of the group was like incredible it was hard to it was almost hard to believe not hard to believe they're all like super professionals but um you don't hear you often don't hear that level of intonation and like polish sure sure in a live performance. No, yeah, you really um, don't. So it really was special. Um, and then 
probably the most emotional one for me was the last of us suite where we got to see Gustavo Santaolalla come out perform with the orchestra there was another musician up there also playing guitar on the other side of the stage that I didn't catch his name or who he was but to have them like he was kind of the other musician was playing like rhythm guitar kind of complimenting what Gustavo was doing and yeah oh it was so good it was so 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 good I cried multiple times the the images they were showing on screen with the draft scene and the carousel and everything and the music and like what a cool thing to hear like the solo guitar and then the orchestra just kick in and like bring the intensity like it was really 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 cool yeah um this one got a big reaction from the crowd and it's really cool to see last of us get such Kind of like a mainstream reaction in that, like, I think between the games and the shows, like, people are very familiar with Last of Us now, which is really hype. Um, yeah. But, man, did I just enjoy the heck that was out of seeing so it live. Great. Like, it was so great. I, the concert was already amazing and worth the price of admission, but this was, like, 11 out of 10 would play on repeat. This will live in my brain rent-free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was so, it was so, so beautiful. Um, next up, we saw the final battle music from Elden Ring. Very cool. Very, very Kept hype. The hype train very, going. very hype. Um, as someone who didn't finish Elden Ring, but I feel like I watched a lot of streams and clips of folks doing that final boss battle. To hear that main theme music kick in in yeah. a new way with a live orchestra was very exciting. Yeah. So this was, awesome. this was a really, really cool one as well. Um, crowd lost their minds. Everyone was very excited. Anecdotally, it was very funny because when Jeff introed this one, he was like, who remembers what won Game of the Year? Oh, yeah, that was so funny. I'm like, and it seemed like everyone there were like around five people us... were like, woo, Elden Ring! Everyone, and everyone else was just like... And then uh... they announced Elden Ring and then everyone lost their fucking minds. Yeah, it was and so, so funny. it was funny because like, we remembered. And it... Not shaming anybody who forgot. Like, it's all good, but it was just really funny funny. (laughs) to see, like, a hundred people in front of us collectively have the realization that it was Elden Ring and then get super excited that it was Elden Ring. I think it just this whole concert in general brought, like, similar vibes of, like, attending PAX, where it's like you're walking around and you're super excited about video games and you realize that, like, everyone around you is also super excited about video games and it's just, like, a good vibe and good energy. That was, like, this of, like, I was, like, gasping throughout the concert, like, (gasps) just, like, super excited. And, like, I don't think anyone around me was like, what what the fuck is this guy doing? You know what I mean? (laughs) There there weren't any haters. Everyone was just vibing and that, that was really special. Yeah, definitely. All right, and then closing out the first half was a fun one with um, Jack Black and Kyle Gass from Tenacious D coming out to play their recent single, Video Games. And this was just really fun. It was fun. Just really wholesome. They had fun costumes. Um, Here in the live orchestra, kicking with Jack Black was something very special. Yeah, it was. It was dope. Um, And then there was some foreshadowing to what the, the... the surprise encore one more thing would be which to be honest i don't know why i didn't predict but i didn't predict it because then to spoil we'll see jack black come out at the end to perform peaches from the super mario brothers movie and i was so hyped yeah it was was amazing it was so wholesome and fun he was dressed up like bowser he had like a green suit on with the hair piece and then he like laid on the piano 
and rolled around Jack Black just brings the energy yeah. and he brought it he does and not hold back. it makes sense though because everyone on the internet afterwards like I knew Jack Black was going to do peaches because there's no way he'd just come on to do video games for 45 That's seconds what I said I just didn't think about it like that because like Jack Black I assume lives in LA he enjoys video games I think he'd come on to do what like if he didn't have peaches I think he totally would have come on just to do video games that said we were chatting with our friends at dinner about how it was interesting that they didn't have any Nintendo representation on this concert roster. And then to end with peaches felt really, really cool. Yeah. I have to imagine we're one of the first folks to hear peaches performed live with an orchestra with Jack Black since the movie came out. Cause I can't think of another time unless he did something on his tenacious D tour, which I guess they just got back from Europe. So there's a chance there, but granted, very cool moment. Yeah. Very fun. Um, yeah. It was. It was great. Also, Video Games by Tenacious D has been stuck in my head since the concert. Yes. So if you haven't watched <laughs> yeah, the YouTube confirm. video, there's also an amazing, like, cartoon art accompanying it. It was, like, a very, like, cool, like, rainbow background as they were performing. Like, it was just... It, it was, was fun. super fun. Cool. So that ended the first half. And then there was an intermission. With a solid intermission. Which was nice. Nice little break, just pacing it out. Folks yeah. use the restroom, etc. Yeah. Um, we opened up the second half with the Star Wars suite featuring music from Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. Super, super cool with this one. Yeah. It was fun to see, like, just hearing Star Wars music live in any capacity is dope. I specifically haven't played Jedi Survivor because I haven't finished Fallen Order. And man, did this footage and music make me want to get my shit together mm -hmm. and finish Fallen Order to play Survivor because the gameplay looked incredible. And then complimenting the music and the lighting and everything was just really, really hype. The music was really hype, too. I love, I, I've always loved the way that the music for the Star Wars games plural now and including what we've heard so far of outlaws is that they um capture the feel of yeah. john williams totally. score um without using the same motifs um so yeah it feels like a, a nice great. homage but also like a, a step forward a new, yeah, and, a and a new thing not a step forward in terms of quality but just like a like you're saying a new yeah a new, a new creative take. take yeah so super super cool on that um next up we heard to sail for to to sail forbidden seas which was the world premiere of the track from final fantasy 16 which was dope which was incredibly Did this dope get you so hyped to play final Fantasy oh absolutely 16? more absolutely. than you were before yeah so it's the reason you we, bought the game right we flew out <laughs> on vacation the like the day after final fantasy 16 came out so my plan was just to play it as soon as we got home and so i've been playing it the last couple days as of this recording and it's it's excellent we'll definitely talk about it on the podcast coming yeah. up soon that said hearing this track like set the tone in such a way and we'll talk about a couple tracks here coming up in the second half for unreleased games and I think there's something incredibly special about hearing these tracks for the first time at the game awards concert and that when i play that section of final fantasy 16 i'm going to remember this concert i'm gonna remember the time and place of this moment and this like special yeah. evening we had so i think that's a really like interesting experience and something specific to these live shows that you really only can get here in a sense yeah but yeah sure. super cool vibe also just like 
it kind of to me represents we talked about this with our summer games fest coverage but just like the street cred that jeff has developed over the years that these are the type of things that he's pulling in for a concert because like it's cool that he's not just working with u.s based devs or like friends from la like he's spanning the globe he's working with japanese studios square annex is represented here we have numerous other studios represented i just think that's really cool yeah definitely all right next up a hotly anticipated one for us that really hit for me especially um in blood was performed um from hades um darren kolb and ashley i'm totally blanking on her last name but she performed vocals in in the game originally yeah and has worked with super giant a lot but oof, what a performance it was really really cool seeing both of them sing live yeah that was cool um, it was very cool to see them sing they're in in their voices their characters from the game yeah also darren kolb super high register he yeah. can like soar. He can false out of the heck out of yeah, it. Yeah, he can false out of the heck out of it. And it's one of those things where like when you hear it in the game, it's like you're like, oh, it's mixed, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. But when you hear him live, it's like, no, he sings that well that high. like out of the yeah. pocket, which was very impressive. Yeah. What did you think of I, this one? I thought it was really impressive, but I, I can't I can't lie, I was a little disappointed oh. that this was what they chose to perform from Hades. Oh, just in terms of the song selection. Not the performance, but just like there's so many bad especially the main title theme from Hades yeah. that I would have loved to see reorchestrated for full orchestra. Like that would have been so hype. And when when Jeff Kitty came out and was like, "Yeah, we're gonna see Hades in the second half," I was like, "Holy shit!" And then it was it was cool what we heard, but I was a little disappointed. I think they wanted to get something with vocals, and I believe this is the end credits song. Correct me if I'm wrong. I never made it to the end credits, so I can't tell you, but... It's not the song that plays at the end of the... Cr- the, the first, first credits? Time. <laughs> okay. That's so, all I can say. Fair enough. Anyway, I thought the performance was stellar, but I hear you on hearing other m- melodies and things would have been super For cool. For me personally. Yeah, no, not I get that. Not a knock on the, the I, I definitely get that. Um, next up, we saw the Starfield Suite, which was the world premiere for that one as well. Man. <laughs> oh my god. It sounded god. so good. Yeah. It made me so much more hype for the game and I was already as you yeah, know this listeners, was so hype for the game. This was pretty transcendent. They had on their like video wall of the bowl itself on stage they had like stars flickering, they had lighting oh, yeah, I totally and like about that. that was so cool. Amazing effects and seeing b-roll of that game like the game looks stunning and so the the songs they chose to were like it started like very minimalist very like ooh, i'm getting goosebumps we're seeing the moon we're seeing outer space right now and then it like kicked in and yeah it was incredible i think if you were hyped from the recent starfield direct that happened after the xbox showcase like you have good reason to be and this only got me infinitely more excited just hearing the music and performed at such a high level in such a cool space and yeah, yeah the crowd was losing it everyone was really excited yeah, by starfield so um next up probably my second favorite portion of the concert behind last of us was the spider-man suite that was also amazing. so we saw an amazing um medley of the first game and then they also premiered the title track of spider-man 2 which is coming out this october and they had red and blue color effects happening. They had like spiders appearing on the video screens. That was zooming my through the concert or um, zooming through the city, like web slinging B roll as the music was playing. Like 
we were talking to Tim Geddes from Kind of Funny about this one afterward, and he, I think he said something along the lines of like, it went so hard and it didn't have to, but they it did, so and it was good. incredible. Um, yeah, so this was definitely a standout for me just in terms of like, wow, what a production, what a spectacle. The music was phenomenal. Yeah, it was so good. They also brought out um, John Paisano, the composer, as well as Brian Antahar, the director of Spider-Man 2. And then later yeah, afterwards, really I saw cool. them post a photo, but like a huge chunk of Insom- the Insomniac dev team was in the audience, oh, which awesome. is really cool that they got to like see the audience pop for their game and hear yeah. that live live production of the music and see the their trailers and animations yeah. and stuff on display. So like I, I love that for them and as a fan I was so excited. Like yeah. it was really, really cool. I'd forgotten how much I absolutely adored the music from this game that I never played more than I played like the right. first thirty minutes. And I was just like, oh yeah, that's right. I know all these themes because I watched you play so much of it and I love this music. I remember thinking back at the time we were playing the game, I was like, this is my favorite Spider-Man music from any right. Spider-Man. And hearing it live was just like, oh, it's it's so good. And they did such a good job playing it, and it was just magical. Yeah, 100% agree. It, it made me want to go back and replay Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales going into 2. I don't know if I'll have time, but I want to, because it just, they're so fun. They're such comfort food games for me, and 2 is shaping up to be incredible it looks super super good yeah so really excited for that one i love the the mixing of the of the theme in spider-man 2 when they played it how it had a little bit of the original a little bit of influence from miles's theme yeah and, the beats kicked in and, and a like little the, bit yeah, of, yeah, and yeah. a little bit of darker angst kind of foreshadowing yeah. some of the angst i think we're which i think the spider-man 2 is going to be a darker title yeah, in terms of stories everything like they're it. setting up with the symbiote and everything like i'm excited yep um, and then to close out the show, before we get the Peaches Encore, we saw the um, Game Awards 10th 10-year anniversary theme that I believe Lauren Balf, the conductor of the orchestra, yeah. composed. Um, and it was really cool. It and was really epic. it was set epic. to fireworks. It was set to fireworks, which they were, like, shooting off the cool. top of the stage. Like, that's the closest I've ever been to fireworks. Um, I posted a couple pictures on my Twitter, and... There have been a lot of video clips and stuff from the Game Awards Twitter that have come out since the concert, but go check it out because, like, it's it was visually insane. It was super, yeah, it super was hype. Um, the theme was really cool, really clean, epic, good vibe, you know what I mean? But, yeah, really enjoyed the heck out of this concert. This is arguably, like, I don't think I'm blowing smoke to say it's my favorite live performance I've ever been to. Like, I can't think of a performance that, like, represented my interests and passions more so than this concert in this setting with the crew we had you know what i mean like yeah. it was so much fun and then we saw peaches and it was <laughs> hilarious and amazing and it was. awesome it was awesome it was fun walking out too because everyone was just like that was great yeah like, everyone, everyone was just, was just happy yeah everyone was really we happy just collectively experienced Heck it was yeah. so great all right well claire Thank you for chatting about the concert. Thank you for going to the concert. Oh, it, was it was an amazing. absolute blast. It was great. Um, any other little shout outs or things you want to call out? I guess the one closing question to kind of segue into questions with Claire. Um, Jeff Keeley spoke at length. He did reports with Variety and The Hollywood Reporter before the concert saying that if this event was successful, he would consider taking it on tour or doing mm-hmm. it in New York or London or different con- concerts across the country. Um, do you think that'll happen? Do you want that to happen? 
what what's your read on the situation? I mean, whether it will happen or not, I guess depends on his metric of like what is considered successful because sure. it didn't sell out. But, but I it was packed. Like it, I think that it would be really cool if he went to at least a couple of other major cities so that people from other parts of the world could experience sure. this awesome thing because it was so great. And who knows, maybe if he did take it to New York or somewhere in Europe or elsewhere, um, maybe people would have heard about how fun this event was and be yeah. more inclined because now it's like a known quantity to an extent. Yeah, Word absolutely. of mouth got around. Um, but I think I think the more people who get to experience this event, the better because it was just great. Yeah, it was incredible. I think it's it, it was incredibly special to be a part of the first concert, but in my mind, I think this is the first of many. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said, I think it makes sense to try to do an East Coast one. I think it makes sense to try to do like a London or international yeah. one. But I could totally see this going on tour and i also wonder in terms of attendance i wonder if it would benefit jeff to have it happen during or like shortly thereafter summer games fest or kick off summer games fest so that like game dev and press and folks that were all traveling to la anyway could all be a see it and be a part of it and enjoy it logistically that's a lot and i know with summer games fest he and his team are are already doing a lot which is probably why they spaced it out just a little bit um but that said that's that's a a thought i have but yeah yeah, i thought the turnout was really incredible i thought the the overall vibe of the concert and the venue was really great so i hope at the very least like every couple years at least we get to see something along those lines at the hollywood bowl um this definitely made me want to push to go to the game awards themselves in december um we'll see if that happens it might not be in the cards this year but at some point definitely want to go because i just think um jeff and his team are only growing and expanding in positive ways and their events are really something to behold yeah for sure so i was i was honored we got to go and very excited about it amazing shall we move on to questions with claire for this week let's do it This week's question, what video game franchise deserves its own live concert series that hasn't previously had one? Love it. Nice nice tie-in to our concert discussion. Yeah. I have an immediate one, unless you want to go first. I would love to see Double Fine have a concert because I think... Jack Black could also come back if he wants to and do (laughs) some music from Psychonauts 2, Helmet Full Bear. Um, But I just think their games are all so whimsical, whether it's Psychonauts or Costume Quest or um, Broken Age, different titles that just, they make me feel like a kid in the best way and just total whimsy, totally transports me to that moment. And I think their games could have a lot of fun with um, the production value that Jeff and his team did with the lighting and the different video wall effects and colors and yeah. fireworks and all kinds of things. So I think they could just get really wild with it. And that's one that like, you know, they're a smaller studio and, you know, maybe not known by everybody in the mainstream, but I think it would be cool to put them center stage. Cause I think their games and their music are that, that good. Yeah, for sure. So that's one that comes to mind for me. Um, for me, I'm sure this has already happened to some extent, but I would love to see a Mario in That'd be concert. Amazing. Yeah. Where you start with like the early, you know, chip tune Mario music reorchestrated for a full symphony and then work your way all the way up to like Mario Galaxy, Mario Odyssey, where it was originally written for sure. full symphony and just hear the like progression 
of and like the way the themes have changed throughout the years that would be so cool also just seeing the mario galaxy music performed live would be a life-changing moment for me yeah um, that'd be awesome that, that'd be awesome so that would be really really cool I also think a PlayStation-themed one could be really cool. I know yeah. we got to see God That'll of War cool. and Last of Us, but, you know, Horizon, Uncharted, um, different different PlayStation franchises. I, Ratchet and Clank I love. Like, I think there's a lot of fun music there. I guess we also saw Spider-Man, which is a PlayStation franchise as well. Um, there's also just a ton of indie games with great scores. And it would be really cool. Imagine too. a Wholesome Games concert, and we just, like, all kind of, like, not fall asleep, but just, like, slip into a meditative coma state because we're just so relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be pleasant. But, yeah, honestly, I think any game that has a, a passionate fan base, I feel like, should get to see their favorite game in concert. Because yeah. seeing Last of Us, like, made me cry, and I want everyone to have that experience. Um, I know the, at the at Davies Concert Hall in SF, they're doing in January a Sonic touring orchestra Ooh. is coming. And honestly, I'm not the biggest Sonic fan, but, but I think that that'd be very slaps. fun. Yeah, I think the music slaps. And so the idea of like seeing B-roll orchestra, I think could be very, very cool. So bring on the live orchestra, you know, just, just yeah. give it, give it to me. Absolutely. I want it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, listeners, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Some quick housekeeping items for you. Please subscribe to our show on your podcast platform of choice. We are now officially on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. If you enjoy our podcast, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash lukewarmgames for exclusive podcasts and more. You can go ahead and follow at lukewarmgames on Twitter to get the latest updates on our show. And with that, have a fantastic week. Cheers and happy gaming.